my God, what day is it today? Tuesday. Tuesday, the day after Labor Day. We're all like, oh, what day is it today? Are we laboring today? Because we had a three-day weekend. Welcome to the Melanated Way. I'm Linda Entwee. You guys, uh, first of all, let me just tell you a little something, something. So as you guys, many of you guys know, I'm an entertainment reporter. And so besides this, I do a lot of other stuff. And today I spent the afternoon watching The Woman King with uh, Viola Davis. And I want to encourage you guys, when this movie comes out, you have to go watch it. It's empowering. It is... I laughed, I cried, all the things. And it's it's amazing. And, and if you know Viola Davis, you know her from, from ABC and all the stuff that she does. And it, it, all I can say, it was amazing. It was amazing. It's going to change your life. Bring your friends. Do all the things. And my review of it is coming shortly. But I think that's all I can say about it. That being said... Listen, I hope you guys brought your your wine because I am about to just talk a lot of craziness about Seeking Sister Wife, season four, episode 14, the season finale of Mr. and Mrs. and Mrs. and Mrs. I mean, okay. Okay. Like, uh, uh, okay. We'll, we'll do that. Um, let's do some housekeeping first and we'll jump right into it. Housekeeping, uh, support the show. Uh, I appreciate all your support and I appreciate everything that you guys do. And bottom of your screen, you can see where you can support the show via PayPal, Cash App, Venmo at Linda is so girly, as well as Super Chat, Super Sticker, Super Thanks on... YouTube. That being said, let's just jump right in. We're going to jump into the Merrifields. And you guys, my disclaimer is this. This whole situation, we've talked about this whole season. And I I have to tell you, like, I called it. I told you guys. I spoiled it. And yet, here it is playing out. And all I have to say is, like, we had a bunch of crybabies, but we already knew what the situation was. Do you know what I mean? Like, we already knew. We already knew. Hey, girl, hey. Love you as well. Jan- is it Janine? Can I say Janine? Oh, that's so sweet. So, We open up the episode with Danielle freaking out, right? And I, you guys, when I saw that, I it took me, the episode was only an hour. It took me like a, probably about an hour and a half to watch it because I was like, what? First of all, this whole friggin' Jean. Okay, so Jean Darby. All right, girl. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, Jean. Hey. So. It took us, it took me about an hour and a half versus an hour to watch this whole episode because we already knew. We already knew from the very beginning, season four, episode one, that Roberta was out of here. I spoiler alerted it. I talked about it. 
And I was like, oh, so we're just watching this season so that we can see that Roberta breaks up with them. Really? Okay, but here we are. So, we get this message from the studio. Before the crew arrived to film Roberta's arrival to the U.S., right? Because she had four weeks to come to the U.S., Garrick and Danielle received an unexpected text. That's the first thing that we saw. And we're like, okay, well... Are we surprised? But we're kind of not surprised, but we are surprised. Like, what's the situation here, right? So, Danielle's freaking out. She's crying. She's like, I don't understand. She's doing, like, all the most that I was like, oh, she's doing the most. How could she? She said she was my sister. And she's doing like the ugly cry. She's having a full-on breakdown. She lied. She never loved me. I knew it. I had all the questions. And I was like, oh my God, what happened? And then here was the crazy thing. She was like hugging herself. And she was like snot crying. And when I say snot crying... I say this like, <laughs> right? So you don't really see up te- tears crying. You don't see the waterworks, but you just feel it. And I was like, oh, wow, she's doing the most. And she's like, she didn't care about the princes, my mom or dad. And I was like, oh, the princes are your kids, and your mom or dad are the mom and dad that we met. But they've never met her. So why would they even care? Like, why are we having all the dramatics? Exactly. Exactly, Jean. Jean says her dramatics were over the top, though. Facts. Facts. So she's freaking out. She's having a total breakdown. And she's like, you never loved me. I knew it. She starts, like, hugging herself. She's, she's like doing the most. And if you guys look at this photo, she's like doing the most. She's the most upset, even more than Garrick, which I thought was, was interesting. Like she's only supposed to be your sister wife. Like, what are you tripping about? Especially because you don't really even want to live this lifestyle. You know what I mean? Like you don't even want to live this lifestyle, but you're doing it because you want to hold on to your man that you've been with for X amount of years. So she goes on to like freak out and says, you know, she doesn't care about the princess. She doesn't care about my mom and dad. And I can't believe it. And I believed she loved me. She was my sister wife. And all of this she's doing in front of her sons. And her sons are like, hey, listen, do you need some water? Like, do you need to calm down? Like, what exactly is going on with you? Because we don't really know how to handle this situation, right? So, um, Roberta has let them know that she's not coming. And they're like, well, this doesn't make sense. Like, 
how is Roberta not coming? I don't understand. You know, we were all in love. We've been together for like three and a half years. And I don't understand. Dominique says he's ready for the next sister wife. And Geek Girl, hey, Geek Girl, hey. Did Bert even text Garrick? Do we know? Bert didn't didn't text Garrick. She texted Danielle, and that's the last we heard of it. Allegedly, according to, you know, this last episode. So, but here's the thing. You guys, we already knew before the season even started that she she broke up with them. And I even told you guys, listen, we're we're following the storyline, knowing that Roberta broke up with them before the storyline started. And so we were just watching it play out. We told we talked about it on the show many of a time. And I was like, listen. All of this stuff, bringing Leah into the situation, all this stuff was all fake. It was all fake, you guys, because we already knew that she, Roberta was like, F y'all. I'm not, I'm not trying to be a part of this. And she was making any excuse and every excuse that she could find to say, hey, listen, I'm not doing this. I'm not coming to Colorado. Thanks, but no thanks. Right? So... Um, <clears throat> Danielle's crying like she's crying every episode, which is funny to me because between her and Garrett, like this whole season, 14 episodes, you know, an hour episode long, they cried every single episode. Like, I don't think I can remember an episode that they weren't crying. So She's like, you know, I can't believe that she doesn't care about the princes being her two sons. My mom or my dad all in front of her sons. And her sons are like, do you need some water? Like, can you calm down? And I was like, you know what? How are you guys making this about Roberta and everyone else when really it's about you two and about your fucked up relationship? Danielle is pretending that she wants to be in this, but she really doesn't want to be in this. And now she's blaming Roberta for hurting her family, hurting her mom, her dad, her kids. Like, come on now. They never even met her. Y'all didn't go to Mexico together. You and Garrett went to Mexico together. But the whole family has never met her. Maybe they talked to her FaceTime or whatever, but they don't know her like that. And so um, Danielle freaks out. She's crying. She's like hugging herself. She's like snot crying. And she's like, you know, she doesn't care about the princess. She doesn't care about my mom and dad. And oh, oh my God, I can't believe all of this was within a week. She's like freaking out, right? So Roberta let them know that she's not coming and she let them know via text. And here's the thing that's so crazy to me that doesn't make sense. She said, I promise, these are her words, I promise I would get there even after everything on the trip, meaning their last trip to Brazil. 
Roberta goes on to say, I tried, I tried a lot, but I can't feel the same as before. Everything that took me by surprise, I was feeling very left out and excluded, feeling like nothing. It was so humiliating for me. And here's the thing, you guys. So a lot of people are saying, you know, she was scamming for the last three and a half years because Garrick and Danielle were sending her money every month, right, to live her lifestyle. And, you know, let's meet in Mexico, let's meet in Brazil, let's do this. But all the meanwhile, they're always sending her money. And so everyone's like, oh, was Roberta scamming them? Well, you guys, I don't actually know if she was scamming them. I think that she was like, listen, I tried it, it didn't work. But in the meantime, if you're in a fetish, you're gonna have a fetish for Brazilian women. I'm gonna also go ahead and make sure that I'm protected, right? So, um, <clears throat> she goes on to say, everything that took me by surprise, I was left feeling excluded, feeling like nothing. It was so humiliating for me finding out that Garrick and Leah went beyond just conversation and dinner. And here's the point where I was like, wait, what? So she sent a text to, allegedly, she sent a text to Danielle, but she's putting first person in like, hey, finding out that Garrick and Leah went beyond just conversation and dinner after that day, dot, 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 she said more. It broke me, and I'm in broken pieces. And she's like, I begged her not to do this. And I begged her not to be with Leah, but they did it anyway. So I was like, that's true, right? Because we talked about it last week where... Garrick, he doesn't give a fuck. First of all, he has a fetish for Brazilian women, and we'll talk about that shortly. But he told Roberta one thing, and then he told Danielle one thing, because he didn't give a rat's ass about Danielle. He cares about what he wants and what he wants to do and what he wants to pursue. And he wants to pursue Brazilian women because that's his fetish. So... Roberta goes on to say, after that day, you know, I was broken into pieces. I I had, I needed time to think. And Danielle's like, don't do this. We've been together for three and a half years. And she starts crying because, you know, that's all they do. That's the other thing that I was like, y'all are crying every single episode for 14 episodes. So for 14 hours, we have to see you and Garrett cry about what exactly? What are you crying about? Because, Danielle, you don't really want to have this lifestyle, but you're making yourself so quiet and non-confrontational because this is what your husband wants, right? So she's like, you know, I begged, I begged, Roberta, you know, not to do this. I sent her clothes. I told her after three and a half years, it's not okay to break up with us in text. And she starts crying. And Garrick is, 
Garrick is like stoic, you guys. Garrick is like, whatever. This Brazilian fetish didn't work. I'm on to the next. Like, he acted like he was upset, but not really, which was super weird to me. And he's like, you know, I just don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't believe after three and a half years that this is what's happened. Um, and so the thing that got to me is that they're in their room. So they're in the new house, you guys. They moved into their new house and they're lamenting about their special room, right? Because they have what they say, the still the master room, which no one talks, no one says that anymore. It's 2022. Master room is very like slave days, right? So they're in their special room and they're bringing Danielle's stuff back downstairs because, you know, Danielle, even though she's been with Garrick for 20 plus years, she was the one that was going to stay upstairs in the second, their words, master bedroom while Roberta and Garrick stayed in his master bedroom downstairs. And so now they're bringing Danielle's stuff back downstairs to the main bedroom. And I was like, oh, so we're going to spend a whole season realizing that Dan Danielle loves her husband, been with her husband for a long time, but he doesn't give a fuck about her. He's like, my fetish is more important than anything. I'll divorce you. I'll spend time in Brazil. I'll like make babies with Roberta if that's, if that's possible. All the things. And so he's doing all the things and she's like, yeah, okay. I'll go with it. I'll go with it. And so <clears throat> she's packing up all the stuff that she moved into the sister wife room, right? Which they still call a master bedroom. And I was like, you know, that's in line with them for sure because they're so out of touch with 2022. They're out of touch with when was the last time you heard master bedroom with the whole slave trade? And that's not, that's not how we do things anymore, but you two have a fetish, especially Garrett for Brazilian women. And you think that these women are lesser than you. So yeah, by the way, this is my master bedroom. It's ridiculous. So Danielle's still crying, which is the other thing that was like, oh, you guys, you know, 14 episodes in, Danielle and Garrett cried 14 episodes in. 100%. Every single episode, we saw them crying. If it wasn't Garrett, it was Danielle. If it wasn't Danielle, it was Garrett. And if it wasn't either or, it was both of them crying about, oh, my God, I can't believe it. I can't believe that I miss her. I can't live my life without Roberta. She's part of my family. You know, Garrick divorced his wife of 20 years <laughs> so that he could go ahead and be with Roberta. Meanwhile, Roberta was like, fuck y'all. Are you not sending me any money? Then probably can't be with you. So... Danielle's like crying. She's freaking out. She's like, you know, I got divorced for her and she won't even come here. She won't FaceTime us. She won't 
she won't do anything. She just send us this random text, and all of a sudden it's or, it's over. Like, how is that over? And she's like crying and having like a full on mental breakdown. And I want to see if I can find the pictures because, listen, y'all, she was doing the most, the most. Here it is. Let's look at this this one right here. She's like, how could she? I can't believe it. She told me she loved me. She told me that she was my sister. She lied. I and she went off, you guys. You guys all saw it. Saw it. it was like outrageous. Danielle was doing the most, and she was doing it in front of her children. So she has two sons, and the son was like, hey, like, mom, are you okay? Like, do you need some water? Because she was doing, she was the most upset. Which is funny to me because, listen, y'all, she didn't even ever want to be in this. She's only doing it because her husband, that she doesn't want to lose, that's what he wants, right? So she's going with the flow. But can you imagine being a woman who's been married for some to some dude for like 20 plus years? And he's like, yeah, I love you and all, but I want to add someone else to our relationship. And not only do I want to add someone else, I found someone else. And so you have to go along with it or you don't. And then we watched the whole season where he, he even said, listen, if she doesn't come here, I still want to have a baby with her. And maybe I'll do like six months in the U.S. and six months in Brazil. But I really want to be with her. Why? Why, you ask? Is because he has 100% a Brazilian woman fetish. That he doesn't give a rat's ass who it is. Just add X. If she's from Brazil, I want to be with her. Dominique said, low key, I laughed at this part. Whoopsie, ha ha ha. It was just a lot. It was totally a lot. And Stevie says, they cry more than Darcy. And Geek Girl, hey girl, hey said Danielle kept repeating that they divorced. Yeah, she was super, because she was upset about it. She's like, I can't believe that after 20 years, my husband divorced me to bring this woman over that he has a fetish over. And so this whole thing that she was doing with like, how could she? I can't believe it. She, she I knew it. She betrayed me. She said that she would come over and beat my all, all of that. It's super annoying and it's totally too much, but exactly what happened, right? So <clears throat> she goes on to say, Danielle goes on to say that, listen, I begged Roberta not to do this to us, not to do this to us after three and a half years. She's crying. She's losing her mind. And what was interesting to me, you guys, is that, is that Garrett was really calm. And, you know, he he cries a lot. And he acts like, you know, Roberta's the love of his life. But when he found out that she was not coming, he wasn't, like, super crazy about it. He was really, like, calm. Which I was like, oh, he might be a sociopath. He might be like, just, hey, I don't care who it is. This is my fetish. This is what I want to do. And I'm going to do it. 
So then we go back to the, in their words, the master bedroom. So Garrick and Danielle are lamenting over the, the special room. And, you know, now they're bringing Danielle's stuff back downstairs because in their words, they have two master bedrooms and we don't talk about master bedrooms anymore, but that's what they still say. And she had a master bedroom upstairs and which was a sister wise room, which her and Roberta were supposed to switch out of. And then downstairs there was Garrick's master bedroom. And so, you know, Danielle had already committed to being just like the throwaway, right? So that's where all her stuff was. She's going to be upstairs while Roberta was downstairs in Garrick's master bedroom. Stupid. It's all just so stupid. You guys, this whole thing is just stupid. So she's crying, freaking out. She can't believe it. She can't believe that Roberta would do this to them. I can't believe it. I got divorced for her and she won't even come here and face us. She won't even call us. She just sent us this long text message about I promised I would get there even after everything on the trip. I tried. I tried a lot, but I can't feel the same as before. Everything that that took me by surprise, I was feeling left out. I was feeling exclusive, excluded. I was feeling excluded, feeling like nothing was so, you know, she was making reasons not to be with them. And we all know that she was never trying to actually really go to Colorado, right? It was, it was the long con. So in my opinion, I was like, you know, Garrick's kind of acting like a sociopath. He's being like super weird about this whole situation. And when he's talking to Danielle in their second quote unquote master bedroom, he's whispering. And I was like, why is he whispering? Only a sociopath would do that. But he kind of doesn't care because guess what? He can replace Roberta with any other woman that he wants to be with because he already has Danielle under control. So he says he's devastated. His heart is hurt. He is sad that Roberta couldn't love us back. And Danielle's like, you know, Danielle says Roberta was hurting her. She was hurting their kids and their family. How she could she dare do that? And I was like, what are you even fucking talking about? First of all, she never met your family. Even though your family's living on the compound that you guys built, she never met them. She never met your sons in the three and a half years we were together. You guys always flew out to her. And then Garrick had all the sex that he wanted in Mexico with her. All the sex that he wanted in Brazil with her. And oh, by the way, I'm sending her money every month because I'm supporting her lifestyle. Oh, but by the way, she's she's hurting our family and our family and our kids are, are hurt by this. How? Explain it to me. Can you explain it to me? Because it sounds ridiculous. It sounds ridiculous. They don't know her. They don't give her rat's ass. So Danielle in their special room, which is their second quote unquote master bedroom, was like, you know, after we got back from our last trip from Brazil, she was sending Roberta 
dresses and other stuff, you know, material stuff. And Roberta never answered. And, and Garrick was like, yeah, you know, we were doing all these things and she was never answering us up, answering us up. So what, what was the issue? Was that not a red flag to you guys? You're sending her money, gifts, clothing, all this stuff, and she's not responding. Clearly, she doesn't want to be with you guys. Clearly, something's going on. So, <clears throat> here's the thing that made me just, like, went back to last season. So, last season, you know, Roberta had, not Roberta, Danielle had a lot of insecurities and jealousy issues. And this season, she projected that to Roberta, right? She's like, yeah, Roberta's insecure and she's jealous and all the things. But no, really, it was about you, Danielle, and your insecurities about your relationship with your husband of 20 years. So she literally says, as she's packing up her stuff from the second room, because you know, she was banned to the second room, right? Because I've said this before and I'll say it again. Garrick doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't care that he's been with this woman for 20 years. He wants to go on his fetish. And his fetish is about Latina women, specifically Brazilian women. And he wants to be with any Brazilian woman that wants to be with him, right? So he's willing to divorce his wife of 20 years. He's willing to be like the mother of my two teenage children, I kind of don't give a fuck about because she's going to go with whatever I want to go with. So that all being said, they're in their special room and says, you know, she asked Garrick if he has doubts about living this way, about living this lifestyle, about living the polygamous lifestyle. And right away, he's like, no. And he's like, think about the love and care we've had. We can carry that on to other people. And I was like, you know what? That's such a non-answer. But at the same time, you know, Roberta is not going to come to you guys, period. And Danielle's acting like she actually wanted this to be a thing when really she's never wanted this to be a thing. And she even said it. She's like, you know... Garrick wanted to do this. I wasn't ready for it, but we went for it anyways. And here, when she's questioning him, like, hey, maybe we should take a break. And maybe, is this a lifestyle we should really actually live? Because she doesn't want to share her husband of 20 years, but she doesn't want to lose him. So she's going with whatever he says because she doesn't want to lose him. Obviously, obviously, she doesn't want to be in this, but she's in it because that's what Garrick wants to do. And so when she raises the question about having doubts and, you know, throw in, she's like, you know, God protected us and it's good that God let us know now versus later. All this God has nothing to do with it. Your husband wants to have multiple partners and this whole like polygamous lifestyle, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, is there, is there an argument that there are people that can be polyamorous? Absolutely. Do I think that Garrick and Danielle are polyamorous? No. I think that Garrick wants to 
have his fetish lifestyle and all the things that he thinks about, especially about Latina women and bring them on to his life. Do I think that that's the case? Absolutely. That's exactly what he wants. And he wants his, you know, American born wife that he's been with for 20 years that he doesn't give a fuck about divorced her for this woman that he continued to send money to. Yeah. 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 I want that. And I also want my old school American wife to just, you know, raise the kids and be okay with me, quote unquote. And these are my words, Linda Entry's words, cheating and doing whatever the fuck I want because I have this fetish growing within me that I want to make sure that I satisfy. Do you know what I mean? Awful. Awful. So when Danielle asked him, you know, maybe we should take a break. Maybe, you know, do you have doubts about living this lifestyle? And he's like, no, I have no doubts. You know, you and I, we were friends first and we loved each other and we grew together. So we'll have to continue this journey. I was like, this, first of all, is a non-answer. But that's what they do. So the next day, Danielle's family comes over. And allegedly, they're sad. But Garrick has brought the, the whiskey out. So they're drinking whiskey. Everyone's crying. So Samantha, who is the sister-in-law, who is Danielle's sister, she's crying. Scott, who's Danielle's dad, he's upset. And... They're all just like, oh, I can't believe Roberta did this to you. I can't believe she's not coming over. You know, Scott had doubts the whole time. And Samantha had doubts the whole time. But they can't believe it. And I was like, yeah, you guys can believe it. Because you didn't even really want it to happen. Because you're really not on board with this lifestyle. But here we are. Right? So they're sitting there. They're having their whiskey. They're all crying. And I was like, one of the things that was super irritating about this whole season is that Garrick and Danielle literally cried every single episode about whatever it was. But we already knew that Roberta wasn't going to be with them because, you know, spoiler alert, that happened preseason because everything you find, you find it online. And so when the dad's like, oh my God, I had all these plans when Roberta came over and I can't believe she's not coming over and then Samantha Danielle's sister starts crying she's like you know I just care about them so much I don't want them to get hurt really because a few episodes ago you're like I don't even understand this whole situation uh, Vanessa says her parents live in that house too yes it's a compound her parent Garrick built a whole apartment for her parents, which is something that Vanessa that I wanted to talk about, which I will talk about shortly, is the fact that we meet all of Danielle's family, like her mom, her dad, her brother, her brother's wife, but we don't see anything, and I mean anything, about Garrick's family and, and their take on this whole situation, which to me says a lot. Where's his family? They just built a brand new house 
where's the housewarming party and where's Garrick's family, right? Because I think that Garrick, like I said, I think Garrick is a sociopath and I think that none of his family wants anything to do with him. And he's trying to reel in these women to live the lifestyle that he wants where he can have multiple women under the umbrella that God sent these women to him and under faith, which, you know, you guys in 2022, it's just like so crazy, right? Because me as a believer, I'm a believer, but I also think that there are so many people that use God and faith in the wrong ways. They use it for either monetary value or like, in my opinion, Garrick, where he was like, you know what? He basically wants to be a gigolo and wants to have sex outside of his 20-year marriage, but wrap it under something that is God-sent. It's ridiculous. Like, there's, you guys, it's just so terrible how a lot of people manipulate faith. It's really bad because, you know, Having faith is one thing, but, you know, we all come to the altar broken with whatever issues that we have. And it's people like Garrick that manipulate it and say, oh, it's God sent. And God said, I can have multiple wives. And God said that this is the lifestyle I should have. When really, it wasn't God, it was you. Because you're being selfish and you have a fetish. And, you know, you want to wrap that around religion. It's really terrible me so what we find out is that Garrett tells the family that Roberta asked for a large sum of money and after that money cleared that's when she sent the breakup text which is why they think that she was a scammer so when Sam, Danielle's brother, asked, well, how much did you send? It it was $9,800, close to $1,000, close to $10,000, you guys, $10,000. So he sends, like, almost $10,000 to her. The money clears, and then she sends this text, like, this is not going to work. You know, you cheated on me with Leah. I wasn't for it, blah, blah, blah. I'm not coming. And that's the last that they've heard from her. And it wasn't even to Garrick. She sent the message to Danielle. And we find out in this episode that over the years, over the last three and a half years, they had sent her thousands of dollars each month to like support her lifestyle. And now they're calling her a scammer. And so here's the thing, you guys. I don't necessarily think like Roberta was a scammer. What I do think is that Danielle and Garrick had a specific purpose and they wanted to bring over a woman from Latin America that they thought didn't know better, didn't know the American ways and would be enslaved to their lifestyle. And not very unsimilar to Richard, in my opinion, from 90 Day Fiance UK, where They have a specific idea about what foreign women should do and should be about. And guess what? You dangle the money carrot. You dangle 
the control carrot and you're like, hey, listen, I'll give you all these things, but you have to do all the things that I want you to do in order for you to have the lifestyle that you think is, you know, the American dream. And so I think that Roberta played them, but I also think that they were trying to play her and she won and they're not happy about it. So <clears throat> he says he sent her $10,000 and after the money cleared, that's when they got the message from her saying, hey, this is not going to work out. And all of the excuses and all the things that you were saying last episode all make sense now and we should have seen the red flags. Well, okay, but let's not forget that Garrick lied. He he lied to each of them saying to Roberta, yeah, we're going to date and it's all good. And he told Danielle, yeah, Roberta's totally here for it and she's on board, which she was not. So I don't know who... I, don't, I mean, I don't know if it was a scam or not. Um, Vanessa says they they played themselves. And Jean said, I need to watch the UK version. I'll binge watch. That's been aired so far. Listen, if you haven't watched it yet, Jean, you're missing out. It's, it's so refreshing. It's like watching 90 Day Fiance season one where the couples are real couples and it's not about reality TV. It's really about the couples and they're off the chain. Geek girl is saying what I'm saying, saying it's so good. Like their original 90 day facts. So the family's over. Scott, who's Danielle's dad, um, says, you know, he's upset. He had all these plans for Roberta. And I was like, what are you upset about? You've never even met her before. So, like, what's your problem? And we find out that over the course of three and a half years that Garrick and Danielle have sent Roberta thousands of dollars each month. month and now they feel that, that maybe she was a scammer. She never loved them. She never wanted to be with them. It was all about the money. And again, it might have been that, but you guys, like, who's going to leave their entire life, their family, their friends, their lifestyle to be sharing a penis with this, this dude, with Garrett, who cries every fucking five seconds, who you know has a super fetish for Latina women, uh, you're probably going to be like, you know what? This is great for, you know, vacations and holidays. And, you know, I'll give it up here and there while we're on holidays because he's paying for me. He's paying for my, my mom. We're having a great time. And he's sending me money every month. But at the end of the day, like, why would I do this? What do I get out of it? Which is what I always say to you guys. Like, what do the women get out of this situation? It's clear that Danielle doesn't really want to be in this polygamous lifestyle. And it's clear that Danielle was like, well, if I don't have to do anything except, you know, give him my body on vacay, but he's going to send me, you know, $10,000 a month, US, I'll do it. Isn't that terrible for me to say? But that's what I believe. 
That's what I believe. So <clears throat> there's more crying. Danielle's more crying. There's all of that stuff that stuff happening. Her sister Samantha's crying. And I'm like, what's happening right now? Everyone's crying. Samantha's upset. And she's like, you know, I don't understand this. I can't believe she did this to us. And I can't believe us, which is, I was like, you aren't even part of any of this. Like, what are you talking about? She did this to us. And Danielle goes on to believe, I can't believe that we got divorced for her. You know, she tells Garrick, can you believe that we got divorced and she's not even coming here? She doesn't care about us. She doesn't want to be with us. And Garrick gave no answer. Like, honestly, he didn't care because on, he can literally, and what he has done, and we'll talk about later, uh, is insert another Brazilian fetish in care of Roberta. Because it wasn't really about Roberta. It was about his Brazilian fetish. Like, he wants to be with his fetish. And so earlier on in the episode, Danielle's like, are you sure that we should continue to live this lifestyle? Because she just never wanted to live this lifestyle. She's only doing it for her husband of 20 years. And so fast forward, her sister asked the same question to Garrick. You know, should you live this lifestyle? Maybe you guys should give it a break. And Garrick was adamant by saying no no we're not gonna give it up this is what i want to do yeah it's what you want to do because you want to fuck around and be with whoever you have a fetish for and it definitely it wasn't like leah who was an american that you brought into the situation you literally have a brazilian fetish you think like latina women's are beautiful and and sexy and all the things and that's what you want and you don't care who it is. If her name's Roberta, Michelle, Julia, Jean, Vanessa, whatever her name is, you guys don't give a rat's ass. He, you guys, I say, he, Garrick doesn't give a rat's ass as long as he gets the sex that he wants from the Latina woman. Awful. So when Samantha's like, are you sure you want to continue to live this lifestyle? Which is the same question that Danielle asked earlier in the episode, because, you know, your sister's going to have your back because Danielle doesn't really ever want to live this lifestyle. And Garrick was adamant, like, yeah, we're going to live this lifestyle. And Danielle agreed. So what was interesting to me was like, <clears throat> Garrick immediately said, yeah, you know, we're going to continue to live this lifestyle. And Danielle agrees with him. But she doesn't. But she does because she goes along with whatever he wants to do because she really doesn't want to leave or lose her husband. And that's what's sad, right? Because if you think about it, they just built this big, huge house compound with apartments for her parents. And when we're looking at the situation, it's her parents, her mom, her dad, her brother, her brother's wife, her sister-in-law, right? Her, her two kids, and Garrett. So we got eight people there. 
but none of them are Garrett's family. And that's what I find fascinating. Clearly his family thinks it's fucked up. We already saw this season how his kids don't really have a relationship with him and think everything he does is, is fucked up. And yet here we are. Right? So... What we find out, which was interesting because, again, I don't know how they did this season, but they spent this last finale episode just on Garrick and Danielle and, you know, Nick and his family, which we're going to talk about later. But they didn't cover anything else. It was all in a footnote. And so what we find out is that, yeah, Roberta broke up with them. Roberta basically got 10000 from Garrick and then messaged and said, yeah, this is not going to work out. So it's over. And that's the last I heard of from her after she got her money. Um, but we also find out that, that they're already dating and they met another Brazilian woman that later this year... They're going to go meet up with her. Guess what? In Mexico, exactly what they did with Roberta. And listen, if you don't learn from your mistakes, then that's on you. That's on you. Because your fetish, Garrick, is costing you money. Because it's really not about the woman. It's about you wanting a Brazilian woman and you loving that fetish. And I really wish that we had Jared on the show today because Jared can explain a lot of it to us. But at the end of the day, I'll say this, Garrick ain't shit. He's got a fetish for Latina women, specifically Brazilian women. And he doesn't care who, what, where, but he's going to bring a Brazilian woman in. And the fact that he divorced his wife for Roberta and then found out in his opinion that it was a total scam but it went on. Where where did you go? Did you go on a website, international website? Where did you find this new Brazilian woman that you're literally going to drag your wife into to start all over again after three and a half years with Roberta? And it obviously didn't work out. She got all the money with you. She had to pay through sex. And now you're going to do it all over again? Maybe you should take a break. Maybe this lifestyle isn't really working for you. Maybe. Yeah, okay. Jean asked, do you know if there's going to be a tell-all? Um, so, no, there's not going to be a tell-all. They don't do tell-alls. What I will tell you guys is that after last season, I interviewed all the couples except the Snowden couples. So if you go on my YouTube page, I kind of did like their version of a tell-all uh, and it was really good. So we did three couples, which is six people. Um, and you can find all of that on my YouTube page. But for some reason, TLC doesn't do tell-alls for everything. They do it for 90 Day Fiance, but they don't do it for Seeking Sister Wife or The Family Chantel or The Single Life any of that stuff. So if you want to go back one season and see what happens or have our unofficial tell all, 
with Tasha and Sidian and Jared and his wife and I don't know. There's another couple from last season that I did. It's all on my YouTube page and you guys can check it out. And and it's really informative to be honest. Aw, thanks, Jean. Yours will be better than shot anyways. It was really good, you guys. We did probably about six hours of interviewing of the last couples. And I do have a surprise for you guys coming up. Um, but I won't say anything else about it. So anyways, long story short. <clears throat> Danielle and Garrick and Roberta are not a thing anymore. They're not a thing with Leah anymore. And they spend a bunch of money with Roberta specifically over three and a half years. They spent thousands and thousands of dollars and it is no more. But they are now dating a new Brazilian girl, which I'm sure we're going to see in season five. Let's talk about the Davis family. And I'm going to tell you this right now that I'm on one. So one of the things that I will tell you is that I just came back from a screening of <clears throat> The Woman King with Viola Davis. And it's empowering. Every woman that I know should go and watch that movie and I believe it comes out on September 16th and it's so empowering. So I'm coming from that point where, you know, we grow up in a patriarchal society, you know, I watch all the true crimes and I, sometimes I think like, why are, are, why are men so terrible to women and all the things and whatever, you know, I can go on and on and on, but long story short, I watched the screening and it's just, really reminds me that as women we have power and we give up that power because of the patriarchal society that we live in and we have to remember that as we move forward in this 2022 that equality not only in your skin tone but in your gender is very important and to know that as women we are powerful and we can do anything we should never give up so that being said september 16th make sure you go and watch the woman warrior moving on to the davis family and it's funny that i'm talking about the woman warrior and then talking about the davis family because you guys uh and my disclaimer is if you watch this show you already know that I, I can't with Nick. I think Nick is a scrub. I think Nick is the worst. And I think Nick is every stereotype about every black man that we don't want. That being said, April, Nick, and Jennifer plus Danielle, it's their commitment ceremony day and they're marrying Danielle. And they are doing it because they want to make their relationship official. And so they're going to exchange vows and their vows are going to incorporate all of them. So all five of them are going to incorporate these vows. So Danielle's excited about it. She doesn't have any concerns. She's like, you know, I finally found the unconventional love that I want in my life. And so 
we find out that remember nick doesn't marry any of them in real life right so he is the non-worker husband for lack of a better term and april and jennifer are married to each other but april jennifer nick and danielle are gonna have a commitment ceremony saying we're all committed to each other but they're also still looking for another sister wife that Danielle can marry so that April and Jennifer are married and then Danielle and the new person will be married and Nick is not married to any of them. And by the way, he doesn't work. He doesn't cook. He doesn't clean. He doesn't drive. He doesn't have a kid until up until recently because Jennifer is pregnant where he has to be a stay at home dad. So like Nick is a, is a scrub but he's living his best life because he's convinced all of these women that he's worth it. So <clears throat> April and Jennifer feel like it's important to now have a ceremony. April says, you know, it's important now because when we got married, her and Jennifer, they just went to the courthouse. It was no big deal. Right. But it's important now because she wants to make sure that everyone feels like a full unit. So all four of them are a unit and they want to verbalize their commitment in front of their friends and family, which give, gives it like some official capacity to them. But I'm like, wait, what? What official capacity? What? If Jennifer and, and, April already married. That is not what the law says. And you can't add someone just because you say you're adding someone. Like, what are you talking about? And then they show William, which is April's young son. He's 17. But that's not Nick's biological kid. Right. So when April met Nick, she was already pregnant. And then they got together. And so Nick is is his pseudo dad or whatever, which, you know, I guess you make your family where you make your family or whatever. But I wasn't impressed by any of this because William comes on camera and, you know, he's nervous because he want, he's going to be playing the piano for this commitment ceremony and he's nervous because you know he's going to be in front of a group of people but at the same time he says he's excited to have a new stepmom that's going to join in whatever this is and you know i just feel like as as adults we just have a bigger responsibility to young people to explain exactly what we are doing and I don't think anyone's ever explained to him and you can come for me if you want, but this pimp lifestyle, like Nick ain't shit. He doesn't bring anything to the table, but he has all these white women working and supporting his lifestyle. And he thinks that that's okay. And then he's, he's carrying on and propelling the stereotype to the new generation. And that's what makes me sad as a black woman. That's what makes me sad because not every black man is like that, but we're going to show 
this one dude on international TV to make it seem like, yeah, all black men are scrubs. Well, no, it's just Nick that's a scrub. Nick doesn't work. And Nick has, is lost in the 1980s where, you know, pimps were prevalent in the community. And even though April and Jennifer aren't on the street corner and they have real jobs, he's still pimping them because he's like a grown ass man that's not working and living off of other women and bringing another woman who also works, who's also a white woman to fund his lifestyle. It's like, Anyways, William, April's son, is going to be performing at their commitment ceremony, and they've convinced them that it's, it's, it's a good thing, and he's excited about having another stepmom, so he's having stepmom number three. And then they're getting ready for the ceremony, and Nick is showing William shoes like what shoes should i wear what do you think and then they have these bedazzled you guys the bedazzled black shoes that have the gold bedazzled gems on them when have you seen those before i was born in the 80s but i'll tell you the 80s that's when it was like all about bedazzled and i know nick is stuck you know some people get stuck in their best era ever and i know that nick was like i was the shit in the 80s i was like pimp daddy i was dressing the best i was doing the most i was like go 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 nick go silk shoes silk suits silk shoes bedazzled shoes the pimp hat fedora all the things he was like i was living my best life and he has because a lot of people are like, oh, that's the best I've looked. I'm going to continue on. That's what I feel was happening here. So he's showing these friggin' bedazzled shoes to William. And Nick's commitment ceremony suit is all silk. And I was just like, I can't. Like, it's 2022. I've been through a pandemic. Life is hard. There's inflation. I paid $8 for a small thing of strawberries. And I'm having to watch Nick dress up in a silk suit, have no job, talk about how he reads all day and is bringing value to the relationship. Stop it. I can't. I can't. I'm in this warped reality. It's 2022, y'all. This is a warped reality. And Nick ain't shit. But he's convinced three women that he is. And besides his baby leg, he's bringing nothing to the table, y'all. And he knows it. He knows it. And even his dad, I'll talk about later, even his dad realizes that, you know what? Even though these women aren't on some street corner, he's clearly hypnotized them and they're going to do whatever. So... Nick has these bedazzled gold shoes and literally my note says, why Nick? Why are you pimp dressing a 17 year old? 
and why are you acting like your style is real style in 2022? That's my note. And also I said, this is wild. So flash forward to the women on uh, April, Jennifer and Danielle are all getting ready together for the wedding. Um, they really love Danielle. They really feel she's a fit for their family and they're just really excited to have this commitment ceremony with her. And let me just okay, I'll go right here. Oh, wait, hold on. This one. All right. So. <clears throat> They're all getting ready together. And here's the thing. So Jennifer is talking about Danielle and how Danielle's a perfect fit to their family. And they're so happy that they found her. Um, and so they all have commitment ceremony outfits that all are in the same, like, clothing tones, right? So the golds, the whites, the tans, all of that stuff. And Jennifer tells us that Nick wanted her to showcase her being seven months pregnant. So her outfit is this outfit, which is, you know, a belly top and a long skirt, but to show her belly because she's seven months out. Now, Normally, I would say that this is a beautiful thing because having a baby is a beautiful thing. But um, the first impression I got when they were like pulling their shit off the hangers, I was like, oh, so Nick wants you to wear a stripper outfit, like a stripper, because it's like gold, lame, whatever, gold. I don't know what it was, but you guys see it. It seems like a stripper outfit and it seems like a pimp outfit. It seems like what this is what I want my friggin' chick on the side of the corner running the streets to wear. Like that's the vibe I got. I was so unimpressed, but allegedly he wants to showcase her being seven months pregnant. And then Nick, last week I told you guys that I was, like, not impressed with his outfit, right? With this whole, like, 1980s Pimp Daddy outfit and the hat. And this week with his silk suit and the friggin' hat. And then we find out he has a brother named Chief. And Chief is wearing a very similar outfit. And I was like, oh, so you, your brother Chief, your friggin' dad, George, all of you guys are stuck in the 80s. And you all have the same 80s outfit. I don't know if our hats were a requirement. Like, hey, bring back the 80s pimp daddy hats because we're going to pimp daddy it out because we have these three white women that are following us for no reason. They're going to work and work and work and I'm going to stay home. And literally last week, like Danielle said, Nick talks to his brother all day, every day while they go to work. So they're having this commitment ceremony. They're getting ready for it. All the women are doing their thing. 
this is another screenshot I took of their outfit, especially Jennifer and like the belly chain and all the things. And what's interesting is that it was predominantly Nick's family that showed up for this commitment ceremony. So Chief, his brother, George's dad, Gina, his aunt all showed up. Um, but what's interesting is who didn't show up to me was interesting. So Nick's mom didn't show up. April's mom didn't show up. No one, not one person from Jennifer's family showed up. Not one person from Danielle, who is the person that is the newest, not one person from Danielle's family showed up, but they're sending their love and praise. No, they're not. They know that this is some bullshit. They don't want to be on international TV supporting some nonsense that they don't agree with. So yeah, they, they're not coming. So you can imagine not having Nick's mom, April's mom, no one from Jenna's family and no one from Danielle's family. Okay. April talks about how ever since she started this lifestyle, her family is not talking to her. her. The only person that came from April's family was her sister. And her sister brought her two kids, which were the flower girls, which again was like a totally different, weird vibe. Like, I don't even know what this, this wedding was. It was like part traditional, part not traditional, part like they're making shit up and going as they go. So, um, let me see if I have a picture because I was really pissed off about this too. I did it. Okay, so the wedding starts and the flower girls, which are April's sister's kids, they're the flower girls. They go down like a traditional wedding and, you know, throw the rose petals, right? Katie, thank you so much for the super sticker. I think he puts the annex in their food. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. That is really funny. Thank you, Katie. I appreciate you. Thank you for the support. Thank you for supporting this show. That's really funny. So, okay. So here's the thing, Katie. So April's two nieces are the flower girls. They go down, they throw the flowers, right? And then you guys, okay. I know all of us, because we're adults, we've all been to weddings, right? So normally at a wedding... The man is at the altar and the woman comes down escorted by whoever that's giving her away, right? But in this situation, Nick is at the altar and then the three of them, April, Jennifer, and Danielle, walk down together. And I was like, what is going on here? The women are walking down the aisle to Nick, all three women who are the only ones that work in the family, Nick doesn't do shit, and they're walking to him like he's the prize. 
and I, my note says, it says it all. And I feel terrible for saying this, but not really. I'm sorry, but not sorry. But my note says they're walking to him because he's a bitch bum. And you guys, you guys know me. You guys watch my show. You know I don't talk like that normally. But I cannot with Nick. I could, He doesn't bring anything to the table. And why are they presenting themselves to him where they're the only ones, the only reason why they bought a new house and they friggin' have a roof over their head and pay their bills and have food and drinks is because they work. This fool doesn't do shit. His daddy knows it. His brother knows it. Everyone knows he ain't about shit. If it wasn't for these three white women, he wouldn't be about shit. And that's what's blowing my friggin' mind right now. So, yeah, I called him a, a bum bitch. Because even if you stay at home, you guys, even if he stays at home and he's, like, well-read and, and writing all the time, like they said, he should have... Like, I wish, I wish I could show you what's going on here. I have a bookshelf of thousands of, like, thousands of books, right? So either you have written thousands of books because that's all you do. You're almost in your 40s and you've never had a job. So you should have thousands of books. Or you should be, like, a PhD because you're taking classes from home and you're doing all of that and you're well-versed. But none of that because you guys, when he, I, I don't know where I wrote it, but he he said something that made no sense to me. He was talking about I don't know, I'll find it in my notes. But he was talking about something, and I was like, that doesn't even make any sense. You're just stringing some words together, and not, nothing makes sense. But you want to act like you're well educated, but really, you're just at home you know, online reading the internet, like, stop it. <sighs> so they're at the altar <clears throat> and I, I want to say her name is Kanika, Kanika, K-E-N-D-A-K-A, Kandika, Kandika who is their officiant, who's also allegedly their advisor. But that's where Nick tried to explain like how she advised them. And to me, it was unclear. It just sounded like a bunch of mumbo jumbo. And also too, you know, this is not legally binding. So really it's just a big, a big show for nothing. Like, yeah, you guys are saying we're married and we're all together, but guys are really not because it's not legally binding so Ken Kendaka officiates the wedding and she's like you know people are probably wondering what's going on here and she's like love is going on and because all of these four people are thinking outside of the box it's all about love and I was like, uh, is it? Oh, is that how you say her name? Listen, hey, hey, just call me Wah. Hey, girl, hey, everyone say hi to Wah. Um, listen, Wah, 
I know that Kendaka is full of BS. Kendaka is an advisor as well as their officiant. Bullshit. I'm calling bullshit on it. I'm I'm saying that this is the biggest bullshit that I've ever seen on national TV. And for it to be the season finale so that I have still have questions, garbage. That's what I'm saying. Okay? That's what I'm saying. So when she's reading, you know, she's trying to make it an official traditional wedding. And she's like, you know, people are probably wondering what's going on here. And she says, love is going on here. And this family's thinking outside of the box. I literally was like shaking my damn head. Because no, love is not outside of the box. What we see here is the 1980s pimp daddy flipping the script. This fool is like, you know what? I can't use Craigslist. I can't go to the club because I'm an old ass man and bring these women to work on the street corner. So what I'm about to do is bring these same white women in and be like, hey, you got a job, you got a job, and you got a job. Listen, I'm bringing my baby leg in. I'm going to mesmerize you with my baby leg. We're going to have all the sex. I'm going to jump from one bed to one bed to one bed. Or even if we're all sleeping in the same bed, I'll have sex with you in this bed. I'll meet you in the bathroom later, and we'll make this happen. And because, honestly, you guys, and I I hate to say it, but I'm going to say it, but... You know, once you go black, you never go back. That part. So, yeah. Are they mesmerized? Absolutely. Because there's absolutely no reason, no sane reason that these three women, her beautiful women, who all have proper jobs, are going to have a 40-something-year-old not work and sit around and say he's reading and being a fucking, you know, Esquire. Listen, this fool's on the internet. Okay, so here, what do you guys want to know about? Throw out a topic to me. Please, someone throw out a topic to me real quick. Katie says, not the baby leg. Was says, the baby leg. Bonnie says, is Danielle going to be pregnant next? Um, I wouldn't be surprised, but throw a topic to me. Just throw throw a random topic to me that you want to be educated on, okay? Because I'm going to show you how quick it is. Just call me while it says reading and talking to his brother. Throw out a topic. What do you want to be educated on? If I was home all day, had no job, and, you know, I said that I was a stay-at-home mom, but, you know, the kid's 17, so what do you want? Geography. Perfect. Let's go geography, okay? So... Oh my God, I'm I'm so the worst. I'm so the worst. So first of all, first of all, you guys, if you don't know what geography is, geography is the study of the physical features of the earth and its atmosphere and of human activities as it affects and is affected by these, including the distribution of populations and resources, land use and industry It's the nature and relative arrangements of places and physical features. Now, what are the seven types of geography? Well, we're going to learn about cultural geography, 
economic geography, health geography, historical geography, political geography, population geography, rural geography, and social geography. Now, did you know that there were seven types of human discipline geography? Now, you guys, I sound like amazing, right? I sound like exactly, I know what I'm talking about. I don't know shit, but guess what? Google is amazing and it makes me sound amazing. So just like how I have, so I'm not looking at it right now, but I can tell you that there are seven types of geography. And so when my partner comes home and I have no job and I've been home all day saying that I'm reading and, and enlightening our universe, I can literally say that what I told you guys was that there are seven types of geography. And if you didn't know about it, there's the cultural geography, economic geography, health geography, the historical and political geography, population, rural, and social geography. I sound amazing right now, right? Amazing. But guess what? I didn't read a lick of a, of a book. I didn't say, hey, listen, I'm about to go ahead and work on my thesis statement about geography. No, I just freaking looked that shit up on Google and it made me sound smart. And I'm convinced that's exactly what Nick does. Nick doesn't do shit besides talk to his brother, tell his brother that, hey, I got all these women working for me. I don't have to do shit. I don't have to cook because he doesn't cook. I don't have to clean because he doesn't clean. I don't have to be a stay-at-home daddy because that kid is 17. He's doing his own thing. He's off to college soon. I don't drive. I sit in the back seat. So I just bring my penis to the table and these women love it. And guess what? I can have sex with one or two of them in one night and they, they think it's fantastic. Oh, <laughs> you guys are so funny. You guys are so funny in the live chat. So yeah, I'm not impressed by any of it. So <sighs> they're at the altar. You guys, they're at the altar and they're saying their I do's and all of them are saying, you know, how amazing Nick is. You know, they wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Nick. And Nick makes them better people. And he's amazing. Um, Jennifer says that she wants to bow down to Nick. Um, but she can't right now because she's pregnant. You know, they have this wedding topper, which is the three white women. And obviously, Nick is the black groom. Danielle starts crying. You know, she's like, I can't believe I stumbled upon something that's so untraditional. And she starts snorting because she was doing snorting the whole way through. She's crying. But she's like, you know, I never knew that I could feel this type of love. And I feel so loved. And... So they just all want to be together. 
Nick says that the three of them help him to be the mess, best Nick he can be. And I was like, the best Nick that does what? Right, Bonnie? No one is advising Nick to work. But yet he's saying that the three of them are making him the best Nick he can be. Nah, fool. You're saying that you are so lucky that you have convinced three women that as a grown-ass man, you can stay home and do nothing. You can surf the internet. You can play your video games. You can watch TV. You can talk to your dad and your brother all day. And they bring home the checks and keep the lights on, keeps the air on, keep the gas on, and pay the rent. And when you want to go on a date with another woman, guess what? They pay for that date and you're good to go. So what are you freaking talking about? They're making you the best Nick you can be. Nick, if this is the best that you can be, is this the best that you're bringing to the table? You ain't bringing shit, fool. You're almost 40 and you ain't have a job. You dress like you're stuck in the 1980s. You think you're a pimp daddy. I'm convinced that you you were a pimp and are a pimp. And here's the other thing, you guys. What, they bought a new house. They bought a bigger house. And guess what? It's in April's name because Nick ain't got no credit. Guess why? Because he ain't never had a job. I need to talk to Papa George, who is Nick's dad. And his mom, who didn't show up, I need to know immediately, if not sooner, who do you think you raised? Because this fool right here, this fool right here, he's doing the worst of the worst. And listen, listen, y'all, I have to take this down right here so you can see my face. Listen, you guys. As I told you, some of you know, some of you guys don't know I'm an entertainment reporter. Today I spent my afternoon watching The Woman King with Viola Davis. And will I tell you, coming back from that and seeing all the black excellence, seeing all the female empowerment, what I'm not about to do is condone women in 2022 being used by worthless men. That's what I'm not about to do. And I've said this all season, and I, I will continue to say it now in the season finale. Nick ain't shit. He doesn't bring anything to the table. And what is the prize? Because April, Jennifer, and Danielle can do way better. April, Jennifer, and Danielle can do way better. There is no re And you know what? I'm going to throw this out there. You know who's going to find out the quickest is Jennifer because Jennifer is pregnant with Nick's first biological child. And it all seems roses and rainbows and ponies now. But when she hits the fan, when you have to, to get up for work, but also breastfeed, change diapers, have pampers, do bathe, all the things, have childcare, all the things for the baby. And you realize this fool is on the internet talking to his dad and his brother all day long, that shit's going to wear off quick. So guess what? The first person that's going to be enlightened is Jennifer. Because, again, don't forget, April had, was pregnant and had a baby that's not Nick's when she met Nick, right? Danielle doesn't know any better. She's like 20-something. But Jennifer, who was also 20-something, 
is going to know better because as soon as she's a mom, shit's going to hit the fan. Uh, Just Commonwealth said, you saw the woman king? Listen, you guys, I have to tell you again, and and I haven't written my article and I can't say anything about the movie because uh, we're under an embargo, but I will say this. Any person, any woman needs to watch this movie. Any black person needs to watch this movie. Any non-black person needs to watch this movie. You all need to watch this movie. This movie is so empowering. And at the end of the day, it's not even about race and culture. And, you know, as an African, I took it personally um, it's not just about that. You know what it's about? It's about moving forward in your strength and power. And it's also about remembering that you know what it's about? It's about remembering that, you know what? We have we go through life's trials and tribulations and no one actually ever really knows what you all and you know there's not a ton of people in the live chat but all 30 of you in the live chat none of us really know what you're going through on a day-to-day basis but here's the thing you got to keep going you got to keep going and you got to persevere because you're gonna make it and the struggle is part of the journey And that's what's so beautiful about this movie. This movie is so empowering, you guys. Like, maybe that's why I'm talking so much shit about all these families. Because you should never have to settle for less. You shouldn't, in my opinion, you shouldn't have to share a penis. You shouldn't have to share a partner. You shouldn't have to settle for less than you deserve. And you shouldn't have to support someone that's not supporting themselves. If you are going to be a in a committed relationship, the two of you together can partner and move forward together and bring all your strength and power to, to be excellent. You don't have to be like, Hey, I'm working 40, 50, 60 hours a week to support this family. And the other person's like, yeah, well, I just Googled what geography meant and I'm good. And I'm about to teach our children what geography meant. Well, you know, the kids go to school, right? So there are teachers that are teaching that. So again, what are you bringing to the table? So that being said, they're at the altar with their advisor. And what did you guys say her name was? Kendaka? Someone told me what it, I know it was just Kami Wa told me. I think it's Kandaka, whatever. Kandaka um, lets them all have their vows. And, you know, Jennifer says she wants to bow down to, to Nick. Danielle starts crying. And April starts crying as well and saying, you know, this is the best thing ever. And you're the best. I couldn't live my life without you. La, 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 la. And then after that, Nick says, you know, what else can I say? You guys helped me to be the best Nick I can be. And then he kisses his brides, right? So he kisses Danielle and then Jennifer and then April. And 
Kendaka pronounces them Mr. and Mrs. and Mrs. and Mrs. And they're all ceremoniously in this commitment together for life. Now, we then hear from George, who is Nick's dad. And, you know, Nick's dad, George, as well as his brother, Chief, are not part of this whole lifestyle, and they kind of don't get it. And so George is like, you know, this is definitely different. It's something that I've never experienced before. Um, And, you know, I know probably people think that he's pimping, and it's a pimping situation, you know, instead of them having illegal, like, prostitutes on the street, they have legal jobs, but it's still like pimping. That's what George, Nick's dad says. Then goes on to say, and people are probably thinking, you know, it's some black guy that's got these white women mesmerized. And he's like, what made me know? Maybe it's just like they're mesmerized in love. No, George, everything that you're saying, you're saying is true. 100%. Do we think that this is different? 100%. Do we think that four or five people should sleep in the same bed on their wedding night? Absolutely not. Do we think that Nick is stuck in the 80s and thinks he's a pimp? 100%. I wouldn't be surprised if he was a pimp back in the day and he just like legitimized what he was doing. And do we think that Nick is bringing the stereotype of black men in America onto international TV in a bad way? Yes, 100%. 100%. Does Nick forward equality and diversity? Absolutely not. Does he get us stuck as black people in the stereotype? Absolutely. I don't fuck with Nick. I don't like Nick. I've told you guys this from day one. I think he sets everyone and anything steps back. Because you know what? This is not reality. You can't just be a grown-ass man that doesn't do shit, that relies on other women. And guess what? You have a fetish for white women, so you have these three white women working for you. Like, that's not how... That's not real life. That's not how... All men think, and specifically black men. And, like, I can have this whole conversation, but I'm not going to get into it. I'm just saying, like, Nick ain't shit. Exactly, Bonnie. Nick is a scrub, and where did they find Nick? Facts. That part. That part, Nick. That part, Bonnie. Because, listen, Bonnie, we as black women already go through enough that we don't need the additional bullshit. And Nick is bullshit. You guys, don't believe the hype. Nick is bullshit. I don't even care if he comes with a baby leg and y'all think that you're he's dickmatizing these women. It can't be enough. It can't be enough for them to literally support a grown-ass man to not work ever. It's just not. It's not realistic. And so the stereotype that we're perpetuating on this season was really disappointing to me. Really disappointing. It's not like that. And... I will say this, I'm on a tangent. Not all black people are the same and not all the things that you think and all the stereotypes are true. And 
don't believe the hype. Like, just honestly, don't believe the hype. Facts, no scrubs. Uh, Bonnie says, is Jennifer Nick's fave? She's about to be because she's about to have his first biological kid. So there's that. So Danielle's friend, who we met last episode, Ariel, which is so funny because it's so weird that in all the shows that we watched between 90 Day and Love After Lockup and Seeking Sister Wife, it's all the same names. It's weird to me. I don't know if it's like just fake or what, but it's the same people. So anyways, Ariel says, you know, she's never been to a polygamous wedding before, but she felt like it was the same as any other wedding. And she's talking to Danielle and Danielle says she has no regrets, no hesitations. And she's super happy. And moving on to their wedding night, their honeymoon, everyone's going to be sleeping in the same bed um, on their ceremony night. And they're also already seeking a next sister wife for Danielle to marry because don't forget that Jennifer and April are married together. So they now they want Danielle to marry another woman because Nick doesn't marry any of them legally, right? So this whole hoorah-rah about this commitment ceremony is just in word and actions. It means it's like having a friggin' party. We're going to have a party. We're going to say we're all committed to each other, but legally, if shit hits the fan, Nick can walk away without any legal repercussions because he's not married to any of them. Uh, TLC tells us that on June 29th, 2022, Jennifer gave birth to Nick and her first biological child was a girl. Her name is Vera. And what was interesting is that they spent this whole one hour with the Maryfields and the Davises, but none of the other couples that we have, you know, spent 13 hours with. So with the Foley's. Um, let me see if I can bring them up just to make sure that you guys remember who we're talking about. Um, yeah, so here. It's a small picture, but you'll see. So with the Foley's, no new movement. So they moved into the new home that Steve built. And they haven't asked April to move in with them because, you know, Brenda obviously was not about this lifestyle. She thought that she would have Steve to herself. But guess what? They're dating a new potential wife. And that new potential wife is Steve's high school prom date. So, you know, Brenda's going to flip her shit because she didn't want April. And now her husband is dating someone he has history with. It's going to be a hot mess. Um, and then they update us on the Epps family, which y'all know how I already feel about the friggin' Epps family. Uh, let me see if I can bring this properly up. So the Epps family, you know, last episode, Marcus was talking shit about Bina and Janae and how he wasn't really feeling them and he's going to continue to move on and do what he has to do. 
Well, I guess they had a change of heart and he's still dating Bina and Janae. What I'm surprised by is that this season we didn't see the crystalline from um, the Snowdens because if you're current and present day, she's been all over their social media and they've been hanging out with her a lot. So I wouldn't be surprised for season five if we see crystalline with the Epps family. So He's still dating Bina and Janae and, quote, other women. And meanwhile, Marcus and India are planning to get married in November, which I don't really understand because Taryn and Marcus are still married, so he can't technically marry India. So is it going to be another commitment ceremony like we saw with Nick and his wives? I think, yes, that's it, because nowhere in America you can have multiple partners that you legally marry. And then last, they update us about Tasha and Sidian. And let me see if I have, I don't have a picture of them. So Tasha and Sidian, um, to me, are the only real... Ruffle that is living uh, and you, again you guys I don't know enough about the polyamorous polygamy lifestyle and Jared you're supposed to come on the show I'm waiting for you Um, I need more information but to me Tasha and Sidian are the only two that are really living the proper polygamous lifestyle like what it really means to have a sister wife um, for this season but those two and their kids, they visited Ariel in the Philippines. They started the K-1 visa process. And if you don't know that, you know, uh, I personally think that she's already in the U.S. And he, Sidian, has been posting a ton of pictures of Ariel. And I think that we're going to see whatever the spinoff or whatever it looks like, we're going to see a lot more of Ariel. So yeah, you guys, that was the season finale of Seeking Sister Wife, season four. Uh, if you weren't in the live chat, definitely let me know what you think in the comments below. Definitely make sure you like and subscribe. And, you know, happy day after Labor Day. I know it's been a thing. You know, we have to work and we don't really want to work. All the things. Um, and I'll be back tomorrow with the family Chantel. And uh, thank you so much. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Thank you guys so much. I have um, my small little community. I told you guys this yesterday and I'll say it again. Thank you so much. We reached 3,000 subscribers, which is not a lot in YouTube terms, but it's a lot to me. And I love the fact that we're all so engaged with each other. And um, I love hearing from you. And so, you know, shoot me a message shoot me a comment. I probably will comment back. Jean, thank you so much. Jean says, great recap. Much love. Much love. And Jean, you know, I don't know how to make these hand heart things. I'm the worst at it. It looks like a gang sign, but it's really supposed to be a heart. <laughs> don't let me get into it. On that note, good night, y'all. I'll see you all tomorrow. Bye for now.